Welcome to TripCast. Today, our guest is Dr. Scott Rathgaber, who is CEO of Gunderson Health System. Welcome. It's great having you with us. We really appreciate your time, as always. Well, thanks for inviting me, Rusty. We want to talk about something we've discussed before, and I dare say we'll discuss again because it continues to be a challenge in our community, but a challenge that's being met by a team, a group of dedicated professionals who want to make it better, and the topic is opioids. Um, We've discussed before, and and frankly, you and a colleague have written a a guest column to the community uh, talking about the team effort that has occurred with with opioids. Um, It's never going to be a problem that we're going to solve, I know, but it looks like locally and also on a statewide level that we're seeing some benchmarks that would say we're getting... Uh, if not a handle, at least an improved grip on the opioid addiction problem? Well, I think it shows the power of uh, community and collaborating and people pulling together toward a big, difficult problem. And I'm actually delighted with the um, momentum that we have against a very tough foe. Certainly the opioid addiction problem in our country is is rampant, um, but uh, there's an increasing focus on doing something about it. And the good news is you can make a difference, and uh, we are showing that in our community. And it's not just a health system or two health systems. It's not just public health. Uh, it's not just a group of counselors, but actually there is an alliance that is working very hard and has been for a number of months. A lot of people, which impresses me a great deal. You may want to chat a bit about the Alliance to Heal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's clear that one, two, or three of those agencies, all very well-meaning and resourced, uh, will not uh, make a dent in this difficult problem. We need to be a combined force and the Alliance to Heal is that combined force, uh, you know, built on the um, on the momentum that the uh, um, um, you know the heroin task force had in our community. So they were working very hard, and then we built on that baseline uh, to bring even more community resources together to work toward a common goal, and that is the Alliance to Heal. It really is an alliance um, that is incredibly powerful. They literally have over 100 people working on a very uh, frequent basis on a comprehensive plan because w- there's not a silver bullet and it's not one thing that's going to turn us around. It's a bunch of silver bullets. And uh, we have, I believe, at least 10 work groups uh, and over 100 people working on all the facets of what needs to be coordinated in our community. And one of you know one health system, two health systems together, we just don't have the expertise to put all those pieces together. And that's what the alliance is doing. My impression is that uh, all of those people and all of those groups come to the table and do really good work together. And if you will, check their egos at the door. I've been very impressed um, that uh, people have kept the right goal in mind. How do you get that to work so well? It's very impressive. It must be in the water because La Crosse um, and the communities surrounding La Crosse, they come in with that can-do attitude, and it's not really about who gets the credit. It's about what we can do um, as an outcome. And I've been continually impressed with all the partnerships that we're working with, how uh, people do check their their. 
um, egos, I guess, at, at the door, but also, you know, what's best for them. They're focused on who they're trying to um, help, and that's their clients, their patients, their colleagues, whoever uh, those whoever those might be in their world. Um, at the end of the day, they all we work together to work for the benefit of all of them, and not just our own organizations. It's it's a wonder to behold, and I have to admit, when I go to other parts of the country and I talk about um, how the community works together, people are amazed and they almost can't believe that it's really true. And it uh, gives me a really, uh, really uh, happy feeling that, you know, I live in a place that uh, is committed to that. And it's just people working together for a common good. Um, it's, uh, it's amazing to behold. I, uh, I have to tell you, I, we've discussed this before, but having been part of a panel talking about advanced directives, and people in a neighboring state inviting people from La Crosse to come talk about the success that we've had. And, and they just marvel at, well, you really get all these people together to work this through and talk it through and reinforce it. And, well, of course we do. Well, why do you do that? Well, because it's for the health of our community. What's more important than that? Right. And I think as you see, as you say, people from other parts of the, the world who marvel at that, it, it reinforces why it's so important that we continue to work together. And opioids uh, is something we really didn't discuss much 10 years ago. This is a fairly recent phenomenon. Uh, you talked about the complexity of it. For the layperson, why is this so hard? Well, I think it starts with people have pain. And um, we want to relieve their pain. And there's lots of different ways to do that, and you can always have unintended consequences of, of attempting to do good. And uh, so we, you can't just then throw out all of our, our therapies because people still need the help. And there are plenty of patients who get legitimate um, uh, relief and help from, from opioid medications. We certainly have swung the pendulum farther uh, than, um, than is beneficial, and we have lots of other alternatives to treat the pain. So we're not just saying cut off pain relief. We're saying there are many other uh, probably healthier and long-term more beneficial um, approaches to pain um, that we're learning about. And as we get better research, we can actually serve our patients better by not using opioids. And there's such a uh, um, knowledge out there or belief that that's the only thing that can help your pain. And it turns out we have better alternatives. And so focusing on that and transitioning people to those will actually improve their lives, improve their pain, and acknowledge that they need the help, but that uh, we don't want to cause damage going forward. My guess is that because of the publicity about problems, uh, ancillary problems with opioids, that you have some patients who are very willing to embrace alternative uh, solutions because they don't want to go down a bad road. Well, absolutely. And uh, the patients, they just want the help. And so whether it's um, acupuncture or massage or physical therapy or many other non-opioid medications and approaches, 
our patients are actually very open to that. They just want the help, but they also don't want the burden of, uh, of side effects and other unintended consequences of these medications. And we have that to offer, and I'm really happy uh, that the science has uh, brought us to that area for treating the pain. But then, you know, there's still folks who are caught up in the addiction part, and, and we have treatments for that as well. And so you don't just discard uh, those folks. And that's why um, the Alliance to Heal has really worked on prevention, but also on treatment of folks who have substance abuse disorder, as well as recovery. So once you finish your treatment, we don't want you to fall back into that. And there's a whole lot of different variables on and what drive people back to the darkness. And we want to have a comprehensive plan for everybody, whatever stage they're at. And that's why I think we're going to be successful, because we're not taking a tiny slice and just saying, well, no more pills, and now we're good. Um, and uh, as, as the newspaper has uh, has documented not only in our own um, community but statewide because of the work that people are doing together uh, we're making a difference and a problem that a lot of people said was intractable and impossible and so I have um, every confidence that we will continue that trend of improvement uh, and all of those lives that are being lost or and the ones we aren't even counting that are affected but not exactly lost yet um, all of those are going to be um, great productive uh, folks in our society that um, will help us get better together. I would guess that pain is uh, just one level of this, but as a doctor, it clearly must be a challenge that every patient is different, different physiology, different triggers for pain, different things that would help ease pain. So on the one hand, I would think that adds the complexity of the problem, but on the other hand, isn't it satisfying as a healthcare provider to piece together the puzzle with patient after patient to help them understand what works for that individual to help ease the pain? That's actually part of the fun of medicine is uh, every patient is an individual and you can't just pick them out of, of a textbook and say, well, here you go. You get the same thing as the next person, the next person, the next person. It's that investigation and uh, working with the patient to figure out what's their unique properties and finding out the treatment regimen. So yeah, it's a little more complicated than just you know clicking on something on a computer and saying, here's your, your plan. But it's actually the one that individualizes um, to the patient what they need for their situation, and, um, and it's actually pretty gratifying when you get to that point. And it takes a lot of thought. It takes a lot of partnership with the patient and listening to what they have to say, but it's super um, uh, uh, fulfilling when you get to the end point of uh, controlling their, their issue. And I would guess that word listening that you just mentioned is a really critical part of that. In order to be able to understand the triggers to help, you really have to listen to what's going on with that patient. Well, I learned that in a lot of parts of my life, uh, including taking care of patients. But you know, I always remember two ears, one mouth, so uh, we might as well uh, use those ears. And um, it works for patient care, and it works for um, leading organizations. It works for working in communities with partnerships with other experts who actually know better. And so why don't you listen to what they have to say? Because it, it brings huge value um, to, uh, to both the community and whatever endeavor you're doing. What steps do you anticipate at this point with Alliance to Heal? What are the next things the community can expect to, to learn about your good work, your progress, and the next steps ahead? 
Well, I think we've worked hard on the supply side of the prescription drugs and are making great strides there. We've worked hard on making sure that the, medica- the recovery medicines are, are available both from a chronic standpoint and acutely when you um, have an overdose, say, with the police department or the fire department or our EMS, um, or even in homes now that people have uh, availability of the reversal drugs. Um, I think what you can see next is, is how do we coordinate systems within the uh, community to uh, not to work on the present prevention side but also the treatment side and we have some gaps that we've identified as far as um, when you're ready to be you know when a person is ready you want to strike when it's hot and we don't always have the capacity to work on uh, um, working on your addiction on the day that you want to and so we have some wait times we have some gaps so I think you'll see us addressing how do we get folks when they're ready right to the help they need right away and they're on a path no matter where they enter our system because that's part of the complicated part as well is um, people come in from a lot of different perspectives and we want to make sure we funnel them to the best possible um, treatment um, in order to get them to that recovery phase um, and where we, we have some capability and some capacity needs there as well. But I think what you'll see next is how do we um, take it when I am ready to go today what happens and how do we um, spring into action and uh, and get you uh, where you need to be today and not say, well, you know, come back in a few days or a few weeks and who knows where you'll be at that point. Exactly. So having those services at the ready to leap whenever that person is ready uh, to make the change is going to be a critical step in all of this. Right, and having that coordination in the community, it'll take lots of uh, partners to do that. And like like Paul and I mentioned in the editorial, it takes pretty much everybody committed to this. And um, that's what's great. We seem to have everybody committed to this, and it will really help us uh, move the the ball forward as we uh, continue the momentum that we're building. That's really great news, and we will look forward to an update soon when we reach that point, which hopefully will be really soon. I think you're right. Thanks, Rusty. Dr. Scott Rathgaber, CEO of Gunderson Health System, has been our guest today with executive producer Elizabeth Beyer. I'm Rusty Cunningham. 